0: Welcome to Messy Closet, the spiritual journey of Generation X. I'm Roseanne Carlo, and here we explore the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and the lessons my friends and I may or may not have learned. Welcome back, and thank you for tuning in to another episode. Thanks to Podbean and Soundtrap for helping me to bring you Messy Closet, and today I am bringing you some New York City history. McSorley's Ale House is located in the Village, 15 East 7th Street in New York City and it has been around for 169 years exactly today. And unlike so many of the bars in the city that close at 4am, McSorley's closes at 1am, which is relatively early in the city that never sleeps. But I believe that this is the time that they have always closed. So this place has an incredible history and I'm gonna bring you a little bit of that. So let's check this out. So this is a place that actually didn't allow women. This was one of the men's only pubs that was surviving in the city until they were legally forced to allow women in in 1970. But from 1854, when it originally opened, until 1970, only men were allowed. The first woman allowed in was named Barbara Schaum. And she was someone who got a lot of press because she was against banning women and discriminating against women from public places. And what she said was, you know, I got a ton of press. And she was on the news, and she said people wrote to her from as far as Canada. And she entered the pub on a Thursday, and the bartender was Pepe Zworsowsky. Wow, I can't even say that name. Paused from pouring an ale and lifted his shirt to show Miss Shum he was wearing the tan leather belt she made for him back when her leather goods shop was still two doors down from the saloon and she opened the shop up in 1960 and she lived in the back and she became neighbors with all of the staff and the bartenders and everybody, but she wanted in. So she was the one who got women in, thank you, because we wouldn't get to have experienced this piece of New York City history. Their slogan, McSorley's slogan, used to be from 1854 until 1970. Good ale, raw onions, and no ladies. The raw onions could have kept the ladies away by choice, but I don't think so because I have been there and the raw onions actually taste pretty good with the menu items, But this would not have happened without the legal help of. The lawyer who helped make this happen was Faith Seidenberg and she led to this landmark ruling by filing and getting in front of a federal judge. This is just barring women or basically anyone from any establishment based on their sex. McSorley's is considered an Irishman's Working Saloon. It's very humble. It served beers for pennies, house beer and cheese and crackers. And it actually was like just a good old neighborhood place. And they have two kinds of beer, dark and light, and they come in smaller mugs and you're handed two at a time. That is one order, is two small beers. The beer is not made in-house in downtown Manhattan, but in their McSorley's Brewery, which is in Wilkes-Barre, Pennsylvania. And the menu, although the prices have changed over the years, is still incredibly affordable, and it's just so simple. So you can get a cheese plate with cheddar or American, small or large. They've got all of the classic sandwiches, ham, ham and cheese, turkey, liverwurst, and tuna salad. And all of these sandwiches are only six dollars. The cheese plates are four and six dollars. And then they have cheese crackers and onions. Again, small and large plates, four and six dollars. Two draft ales are six, two porters are six, and a Coke is two dollars. Then they have a roast lamb plate, which is two dollars, and a sandwich is eight fifty, and a Feltman's hot dog is five fifty, chili is five bucks, and lentil soup is five bucks. So if you have not been to McSorley's, you gotta get there. Put it on your list if you plan to visit the city at any point because it is a landmark and their Instagram is so full of all of their history. There's so many amazing people that have walked through those doors. The first thing you'll notice walking through the door is that there's sawdust everywhere, all over the floor, and it is a tradition since its opening in 1854, and this is because customers would spit chewing tobacco everywhere, and the sawdust was put down to absorb any of that on the floor, along with spills from beer, and it kept the floor in pretty good shape for 169 years. Now, fun fact... The house I live in turned 200 years old this year, so my house was around in New York State before McSorley's was in the East Village. The founder, John McSorley, was an Irish immigrant and he came to the United States in 1851 because of the potato famine and three years later, he opened the bar which was originally named the Old House at Home and John McSorley and his family lived upstairs from the bar and it stayed in the family and it passed down from John to his son Bill and Bill sold it in 1936 to a regular customer named Daniel O'Connell and it was then bought in 1977 by its current owner who is O'Connell's friend Matthew Marr. McSorley's really is just rich in so much history, not just New York City history, but world history. So I found a great article in nyunews.com written by Caroline Zemski on April 10th, 2017. And she goes on to say how during World War II, McSorley served turkey dinners to men going off to war And they would take the wishbones of these turkeys and place them on the gas lamps right above the bar. And when they returned from war, they would return to the bar to retrieve them. And there are still 15 wishbones left on the lamp. And that is presumably from those who never made it back from World War II. And let's get into the history of the famous patrons, Houdini. He was there all the time and he has his handcuffs. They're hanging in the bar. I have seen them. I was told by the bartender that they were Houdini's handcuffs, and President Abraham Lincoln was there, Ulysses S. Grant, Theodore Roosevelt, John Lennon, but he was a New York City resident for, you know, after the Beatles and until 1980 in December, December 8th, when he was killed in front of the Dakota building by Mark David Chapman. And just a side note, the reason why the Dakota building is called the Dakota building is because, well, McSorley's being 169 years old, most of the residents of Manhattan when it first was occupied and the city started to build lived in downtown Manhattan because it was near the water, it was near the ports, and it was just easy. So the Lower East Side was packed. If you've ever seen Gangs of New York, the Lower East Side was packed, tenements, everything. So when people started to move uptown, they built this huge building, and it was right near Central Park West called the Dakota, but it wasn't called the Dakota When it was built, it was given that nickname because it was so far uptown. People said, why would anyone want to live there? It's like living in North Dakota. It's an absolutely stunning building. Also, another famous patron is Brendan O'Grady, who he got his master's degree in NYU in 1994. But he had been frequenting McSorley's since 14 years old when his brother brought him in there. Here's a direct quote from the article. Filled with old-timey newspapers, photographs, recipes, and even a wanted poster for John Wilkes Booth, McSorley's is a truly nostalgic establishment. Instead of trying to make it in the big city with expensive drinks, fancy food, and a pretentious ambiance, McSorley's relies on tradition. The bar serves as a home Within a home after 163 years, it shows no signs of going anywhere anytime soon. And considering now a few years have gone by and they're at 169 years still in business, I think it is incredible. It is sadly, another iconic business that has been around for over 130 years, Aliva Dairy in Little Italy on Mulberry Street and Grand Street is closing after 130 years because they owe more than $600,000 in back rent to the landlord. No thanks in part to the pandemic, I'm sure. And I've gotten the fresh ricotta cheese and the fresh mozzarella. And it's so sad that this place is closing because these old parts of new york city to see them going it's just it's heartbreaking so to know that mcsorley's is still there for us but we're losing the oliva cheese shop oh, it's so sad you know but it's great to see that mcsorley's is still going and celebrating yet another year in business because we do need these old school places we need places for people who remember growing up going to these places, whether you lived in the neighborhood or you just happened to, you know, stop by and be able to grab a drink. And then when we used to go to the city, we didn't have Google Maps. So we didn't really know how to get there until we got there. And usually we would try to figure it out sometimes by car, but you didn't want to go to a bar and drink and then have to drive home so most of the time we would try to take the train or the express bus if i was leaving from the bronx or the subway but if we took the train let's say to grand central we would have to get to the subway map And you had to figure out from the subway map what might be the closest subway stop. And then once you got off the subway, you had to figure out if you were going northwest, northeast, southwest, southeast. Which set of stairs do you take? And then try to figure out which blocks to get to McSorley's. And sometimes you were just walking in circles. And this is pretty much anywhere. But we always found it. And I used to go there after the village parade the greenwich village halloween parade was one of my favorite things to to do even though I couldn't see anything once the crowd started to gather because I'm shorter than everyone. But that was one of my favorite things. And then I would always, for some reason, gravitate to McSorley's, which is weird because it was like on the other side of town. But I always did that every year for probably five or six years. Maybe I just wanted to get out of the neighborhood because I knew how crowded it was gonna be. McSorley's was gonna be really chill. The city, New York City has my heart and New York City history in particular is just so incredible and I hope that this little piece from McSorley's Ale House helps you understand that there really is no other city in the world like New York that still has businesses that are over a hundred years old and do things the exact same way for those hundred years, you don't have to change a thing. McSorley's is just one of those places that is a moment in time. It's a time capsule. And although the people change, the atmosphere has not, and that's why it's been around for as long as it has. They clean their aprons every night and lay them in front of the fire to dry. And everything is just done like it was 169 years ago. When you walk in there, you can literally smell the history. The sawdust on the floor just adds that touch you're literally stepping into another time there are so many old buildings and businesses that have such a rich history in new york city but mcsorley's is the longest standing business and it is still going strong it has seen everything from the civil war to the war in Ukraine. And speaking of that neighborhood in the East Village known as Little Ukraine, which is a fact I learned from McSorley's Instagram. So if you want to learn more, you can check out McSorley'sAilhouse.com and their Instagram at McSorley's Old Ale If you plan on visiting the city, put this on your list you've got to check it out. There's so much history and grab a light or a dark, whichever you like, grab a cheese platter and enjoy the day. I'm going to check out now with this episode of Messy Closet. Thanks for tuning in and don't forget to keep art and keep love alive.